Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hello, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. We've got two very special guests in the studio today who are going to actually talk on the subject of people that buy together, the advantages and the disadvantages. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. I'm very pleased to be a very special guest. It's Dave Colton here from Scope Financial Services. Um, We've been running a business out here in Dural for about 20 years. Got a nice little loan business happening with a bunch of people helping out, writing loans, doing good things. And one of them would be Michael, Michael Fratto. Thanks for that kind introduction, David. (laughs) So buying with other people. Uh, Look, I'm all for it. If it means that you're getting onto the property ladder and you couldn't do it without brother, sister, friend, uh, absolutely it's a good idea because it helps halve the debt, share the debt, share the property, share the costs. But... You must do it with a lot of care. There's a lot of potential dramas that can happen if you are to do this, a lot of hassles if you fight, if you argue, if you don't agree with what you want to do with the property. But uh, definitely if you have an end goal in mind before you start and know where everyone is at, then it can be a very good thing. I think you, you, the key thing there was end goal, the same end goal that you just mentioned then, David, because like a business, if you if you go into a business together um, and you just have different strategies or different timeframes that you are working towards, I think that's, that's the greatest pitfall. So I think my number one guideline would be to make sure that you outline exactly in, in terms of an investment property would be to actually just outline how long do we want to do this for? Are we looking at a five-year term? Are we looking at a, a 10-year term? Um, and then actually have a couple of little, you know, hurdles that come up along the way. What happens if, what are we going to do? So you need to have, you need to have those type of guidelines and agree on those because, uh, like life, challenges come up all the time. You just mentioned hurdles. What have you seen in your experience? What hurdles are these? And how can you how can you avoid these hurdles? Well, there's different hurdles all the time that come up. So just like I say, life, there's changes come up all the time. So well, let's take the instance of... of two best mates buying a property together where, you know, one might be self-employed, one might be PAYG. Um, and then along the way, something might happen with the, the self-employed guy's business. Um, he might need to sell for whatever reason to, to prop up his business. So they're the type of things that you need to talk about. Um, and going back to what Dave was saying before, it's just important that you, you, you actually have the same end goal. That's probably the main one that I can think of off the top of my head. But you got another one that you're thinking? I think the trickiest thing with it all really is if you want to buy a place that you are both going to be living in. In my experience, I've seen dramas where brothers and sisters have bought a place together to live in and it can become very difficult down the track when sister gets married or brother gets a partner and they want to do their own thing. If they own this property jointly with a sibling, it can be very difficult 
to figure out, okay, does one sibling buy the other one out? Can they afford to buy the other one out? Is there enough equity to buy the other one out? And if they can't, then can the sibling afford to buy another property with their new partner while still holding on to the one that they bought with their um, with their sibling? So that to me, more so than potential fights or potential disagreements down the track, that one can cause a big problem because people go in thinking this is great and we're going to buy this property together and share the costs and and get, get a bit of uh, profit out of it each. But when things change down the track like that, it can become a real issue. Uh, so that would be my number one thing to look out for. What's going to happen when we do inevitably want to do our own thing down the track? I think like most plans, you, there's got to be flexibility for those things. So that, that's what I was saying before. You need to actually have those discussions around around that exact point. What happens if I do want to buy that property um, and I can't? Are you willing to, you know, are we going to draw a line in the sand? Are we going to sell? To me, that is the biggest pitfall of this strategy and it's a major pitfall in my opinion. <laughs> so although we say it's a great idea to buy something, uh, certainly it's fraught with danger. It's fraught with danger. Buy with mum and dad, that sometimes will work mm. okay because mum and dad generally are a little bit more easygoing about stuff and they're happy to work their situation around what you want to do and your future. But buying with siblings or friends or colleagues can be more problematic, that is for sure. I think we've kind of made that pretty clear, have we? You talked about um, obvious advantages. You've got the, you know, two wages going together. You can buy and then having a plan and working out all the issues that could happen. When you've got, let's say, two friends and now has reached the time within the relationship where they want to go their separate ways and Fred wants to buy, you know, Jerry out, what happens to things like stamp duty? Do you have to pay it again? How is it assessed? Okay, so Fred and Jerry have bought together. They're selling. One of them's buying the other out. Bad news for the one that's doing the buying is that you have to pay half of the stamp duty that would be applicable on the current value of the property when you do buy them out because you already own half the share of the property, one would guess. You have to pay to buy the half that's left over. The, the biggest problem in this is they were great mates when they when they bought the place together, but when one's buying the other out, what is the value of the property when it's being bought out? Obviously, the one doing the buying doesn't want to spend too much. The one doing the selling would like the, ma- the maximum dollars they can get. So they may have been friends at the start. There can be some stress on that relationship at the time. Frat, normally how do they figure out the value of it and come to an agreement on that? Well, that's a good one because, yeah, as we all know, the true market value is when you actually get that salt sticker on, on the property. So that is, you know, you'd have to probably get your three agents in. You certainly wouldn't get a bank valuer. You'd probably get your three agents in and, and try and work it out that way. Another potential issue with that as well is that the selling cost – the stamp duty, who pays that stamp duty? Mm. Because normally you'd have a selling cost to sell to another party. Um, and I've seen the issue before where Ben and Jerry or whoever we're talking about has that issue, well, stamp duty is now 20 grand. Well, we're not selling the property, so we don't have an agent's fee. 
who pays that 20 grand? Is it 10 grand each or is it because Tom's buying the property off Jerry um, that they pay it as well? So that's another, you know, I've had that question many a time and there's no right or wrong answer there. But again, it's one of those things that I was saying before, we need to come back to that. All these parameters need to be outlined like any other business agreement at the start. So you actually, when these issues do come up, that you've already kind of covered those things. So would you recommend that, Anybody has a like a contract drawn up between if you've got two friends, even brothers and sisters, would you recommend that these points are put down in writing when they're actually buying the property? In short answer, yes, for sure. Because like I say, you don't know the reasons when it's time to sell the property why that is. Now, if, if Dave and myself were buying a property together, then we fell out of love. Um, that would never happen, Michael. Us being in love or uh, you falling out of love anyway. The rationale behind all that, though, is that there is no rationale when we're fighting and we just want out of the property. So that's why it's important up front to, to sit there and actually outline all these things. It does make it – it's a bit like a will um, with financial planning. It's kind of at least your wishes or your potential wishes are actually thought about up front. And that can just kind of, you know, make that easier transition when it's time to actually sell to one another. That's a great idea, but you'd be amazed at how few people actually go down that track when they buy together. Because when they buy together, it's all beer and Skittles. They're all roses and sunshine. And they think, no, we're, we're reasonable people. We're rational people. When we, we don't want to spend $3,000 to get a solicitor to write up a, an agreement. So we'll figure it out at the time. So a pitfall for sure. You really should look at doing that because there have been so many hassles that I've been involved with in this situation where they haven't got that. And uh, it can lead to a lot of heartache for sure. Look, another pitfall that we've seen over the years here, uh, mortgage broking as well, is is when mum and dad buy with, with their son an investment property just to get into the market. Then when it's time to actually buy his first home, he's had the issue with FHLDS, uh, no stamp duty concessions. And what even, you know, I suppose exaggerates that problem is when he, he meets a, a lovely young lass and uh, they go out to buy their first home together. She's never bought a property at all. She's not entitled to any kind of government grant or stimulus at all. So that's probably one of the main ones that we've had issues with where, you know, little Johnny's buying with mum and dad. So, yeah, there's just another little pitfall sometimes as well. And even if little Johnny isn't buying an investment property with mum and dad, often they're buying a place they're going to live in as their first home. Again, they don't get the stamp duty exemption. They don't get first homeowner grant because mum and dad presumably have bought a property already and uh, that would preclude them from getting that benefit. And yes, we don't actually buy property to, you know, for, for government stimulus. That's not the reason why, you, you know, you jump into a property. But with your first one, if you can get it, grab it. What about when parents offer security guarantees? That's 100% the way to go, more so than if you can, if you can avoid mum and dad coming in at all and they're happy to offer up a guarantee. We see that, you know, probably every week in our business where we're offering up a, a guarantor type situation, we would implore you to do that more so than have mum and dad come on uh, come onto the property with you um, in that instance. One of the other reasons for that as well, mum and dad generally are older than you. So uh, if you've got siblings um, and you go into a property arrangement with mum and dad, the will and the wishes of the parents, you know, if something was to unha- something was to happen to them, the issue there being that you might have to sell that property as well to, to appease the wishes of that will. Yeah, good point. Good point. I find 
along those lines with getting mum and dad to go guarantor, I'd say anecdotally, I haven't looked at the numbers, but of our first home buyers that we look after, I'd say probably maybe 40% frat yep. have mum and dad as guarantors. Uh, very few actually do have mum and dad as buying with them. The only time that that kind of happens is if mum and dad are still earning an income and you're not earning enough income yourself to be able to afford the loan. So mum and dad come in and uh, their income would help as far as servicing the debt. So in a quick summary, tell me your elevator pitch on people buying together. I think buying together would be a last resort, in my opinion, if I was to sit there and talk to a mate and another mate. So last resort, meaning that I can't borrow any more money on my own. He can't borrow any more money on his own. Um, but we really want to take advantage of this investment property. That was when maybe I'd, I'd actually contemplate it. But like I say, it'd be, it'd be only a last resort, in my opinion. Pretty much along the same lines. Get it yourself if you can. If you can't, then certainly look at involving someone, but it's got to be someone that you really trust, really feel a long-term relationship is going to be the case. If you're a brother and sister, for instance, and neither of you are expecting that you're likely to get married at any point, then sure, get in there. Or when I say get married, these days it's not necessarily get married, but have a long-term partner. Definitely think about it then if that is going to help you both get to where you want to be. But if it's friends, it's much trickier. If it's relatively short-term partners, it's even trickier still. So certainly proceed with great caution if you're going to do this kind of thing. Thank you again for your help today, guys. I'm sure we'll talk again. There's a wealth of knowledge between the two of you. We'll see you again on another edition of the Clever Investor Podcast. You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.